0: If you turn to the Epistle of First John again, as we look at the second chapter in First John, and we'll read the entire chapter. We won't be fo- we won't be uh, focusing on all the, the whole chapter this morning, but part of it. 1 John, chapter 2, the word of the Lord. My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments." He that saith, I know him, and keep not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith, He abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which he had from the beginning, The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome that wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh... And the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us, For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him, thus far the reading of God's word. There's some similarities here between chapter 1 that we looked at last week and this chapter. We'll talk about some of them. Uh, In fact, these first two verses in chapter 2 relate to the previous chapter, the, the the concluding subject of the last chapter about having no sin. And we make him a liar. My little children, verse 1 and chapter 2, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. So we could almost, uh, as you know, the chapter divisions were not part of the original Bible, so they were decisions of men, and sometimes they're good, and sometimes they're not as good. And uh, here, certainly, uh, verses 1 and 2 could be put in chapter 1. My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So they relate to the concluding subject of, uh, as I say, of of chapter 1. And he is really anticipating an objection here. Uh, the objection could be, uh, someone could say, well, he's giving uh, license to sin when he declares God's mercy. You know, if God forgives you, and if God forgives all your sins, even the sins you're going to commit in the future, well, why not just sin, right? Because God will forgive you. Well, he's, he's anticipating that objection. Uh, he's simply saying, don't sin. He says, my little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not, so it's not saying that that you can never sin again. Uh, he's not saying that if you uh, that that uh, giving you license to sin because if you love God, you don't want to sin, and that's a test of whether you love God. You know, do you do you not only want to sin, but you commit sin, and you commit sin willfully, and you don't really care? Well, he's saying if somebody who does that even if they say they love God, they don't really love God, because the proof is in their life, and we'll talk about that Lord willing in a few minutes uh, he's very affectionate, he says my little children, he begins with it with the chapter 2 little children, uh, remember John is very elderly John lived longer than any of the other uh, apostles uh, he was a very old man when he died uh, and so he's regarding little children not only as, a, he's still talking to adults, but adults who are much younger than he is, uh, and not only younger in age, but younger in experience. They don't have as much life experience, they don't have as much uh, experience in uh, living as Christians, uh, and he is very affectionate. That John's letters are, are so affectionate uh, to believers, uh, people who are close to him uh, as believers He says, uh, sin not if any man sins. We have a a very interesting word. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We have an advocate. See, Christ not only died for us, but he is our intercessor with the Father. He is our advocate with the Father. Now, what what does that mean? What is an advocate? An advocate is another term for a lawyer, Uh, a lawyer gets up in court and he argues the case for his client. And we're the defendants, basically, in in God's court. And Jesus Christ is our advocate with the judge pleading our cause. And, of course, the judge being uh, the father, uh, who was our judge in the legal court uh, where we've... All violated the law, and so legally, by God's law, we are guilty. But in the gospel court, the court of Jesus Christ, we are declared then not guilty because Christ took the guilt that was pronounced, that should have been pronounced on us, upon himself. And so we are declared not guilty. So he is the advocate, not only a lawyer who can represent us but a lawyer who can take our punishment. We don't have a human equivalent of that, but he's a lawyer who can actually take the punishment on himself and plead to the Father and say, my clients, Christians, are innocent because I have taken their sin. I have taken their guilt. And I not only would be punished, but I have been punished. So he argues to the Father, I have been punished for their sins. You cannot punish them, and I have already been punished. To the point of death, of course. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's enough for the for on, on the advocate part. Uh, he he made the sacrifice, and God, the Father, declares us righteous in Him. Now. I want to get to a uh, verse in, in verse 2. It's a verse that a lot of people have difficulty with because it talks about the uh, that Christ died, Christ is the propitiation for not only for our sins but for the sins of the whole world. Actually, the words in the last part of verse 2 but also for the sins of the whole world the sins of the, those three words are not in the original uh, uh, they, they are uh, put in uh, by the translators if <coughs> you ever see in your bible uh, words in italics those are put in by the translators to try to make the sense flow a little better and they, they're very faithful in trying to do that but uh, the it, it literal read but also for the whole world and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. It doesn't change the sense of it, but I wanted to point that out to you. that It doesn't specifically uh, use those words. Okay, by the whole world. Well, a lot of people have read this and said, well, Christ died for everyone. Doesn't it say that? He died for not only... He's the propitiation. He's he's, he's the uh, uh, one who, who shed his blood for, another, for, uh, for others. Well, he died... For the whole world, he died for everybody in the world. Well, that would mean, of course, he died for Satan, and he died for the worst murders you can imagine, and uh, just everybody goes to heaven. Doesn't matter who they are, how bad they are. That's some people's argument. Uh, that is, if you know the Bible at all, you know how that is ridiculous. Uh, did Did Judas uh, go to heaven? did uh, you think of think of people in the Bible uh, the, the the kings in the Old Testament that were the Canaanite kings uh, that God said go and exterminate them uh, to the Israelites go and kill them and they did did they go to heaven I mean when you think about it you know these people did not go to heaven uh, it's very clear in the Bible uh, in many cases where for example uh, uh, the uh, Jesus says, I will tell some of you, depart from me. You know, I never knew you. Go into the flames of of fire, of eternal fire. Well, Jesus said right there that there are people he's going to send into the flames of fire. And we know, as in our study of the book of Revelation, there's the lake of fire prepared for the devil and his angels and for those who follow him. So that is an absurd reading. Well, how, how else can we explain this? Well, another way people have tried to explain it is to say, well, Christ died for the whole world in that his sacrifice was sufficient to take care of everybody in the world, if everybody in the world became a believer, that would be enough. He wouldn't have to do any more. But it was effective only for the elect. Okay. John Calvin says that's that's a... It's true as far as it goes, but it is not the meaning here. Uh. Calvin says John, uh, John, the Apostle John, by the word whole world or all of the world, does not include the reprobate, you know, the unsaved, but designates those who should believe as well as those who were then scattered through various parts of the world. Okay. He's talking about, when he says the world, he's talking about the world of believers, and he's talking about the known world of people who would believe. Now, Let's go to the Bible. The Bible is its own interpreter. The Bible is its best definition of world. The Bible uses the term world, the word world, in different ways. All right. Please turn to, stay in 1 John, but go to chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Now, what does that mean? The whole world doesn't know us? Obviously, there are believers. If he says, knows us not, he's talking spiritually. They don't understand us, is what he's saying. The world doesn't understand us. Well, does that mean every single person in the world doesn't understand? And who's us? Are they, is us part of the world too? Sure they are. So it can't mean every single person in the world doesn't understand us. The disciples understood each other. The followers, all the followers of Christ understood each other. Christians understood each other. So world doesn't quite mean that. Turn to verse 13 in chapter 3. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Again, does that mean every single person in the world, if they hate you? Well, that would mean John would hate them too, right? Because he says, Marvel not my brethren. He's talking to somebody else, and John's part of the world. So that doesn't mean every single person in the world. Uh, look at First John chapter 5, verse 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. Now, does that mean that John is saying, he's using the royal we, saying, me, I know that I am of God, but every single one of you lies in wickedness. Well, no, we, obviously he, we know he's not saying that because he's writing to my, my little children, you believers, etc. So he's not talking about everybody in the entire world. Um, go over to Second Peter, if you would, a couple of books before, first book before that First John. 2 Peter 2, verse 5 talking about, um, well, beginning 4. For if God, in chapter 2, verse 4, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared uh, not the old world. Oh, I'm sorry, that's... bring the, Oh, yes, I'm sorry. So bring in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Well, let's skip that one for, for a minute. Uh I don't know why I included that one, actually. Uh, Let's go over to John 12, the Gospel of John. Uh, Chapter 12, verse 19. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. Behold, the world is gone after him. Christ, they're talking about. The world is gone after him. Does that mean everybody in the world has gone after Christ? We obviously know, if you know anything about what happened to Christ, uh, not everybody in the world was a follower of Christ. No, they sh- shouted, crucify him. Big mobs, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Don't give him, release Barabbas. Don't, don't release him. So the world, the whole world, not everyone in the world had gone after. World meant something different. World meant to them, oh, an awful lot of people have gone after him. is what they're saying. So world can mean a lot of people. It can mean evil, the world of evil people. It can mean the known world that we know of uh, in, in the sense that we talk about the world, we can talk about it in different ways, and they do too in the Bible. Finally, in Acts chapter 19... Verse 27, this is, uh, uh, this is when Paul was in Ephesus. So that not only this our craft, these are the uh, makers of the idols, Diana particularly, the goddess Diana, so-called. So that not only this our craft is a danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worships. Again, another example did everybody in the world worship Diana? No. So they don't mean everybody in the world. So therefore we go back to 1 John chapter 2, talking about the whole world. He, and he, is, not, he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. What is he talking about? He's the propitiation for our sins, not only for ours only, not only for the sins of us Jews, that are Abraham's seed according to the flesh, but also for the whole world, those who believe, as well as those believers scattered through various parts of the world. Verse 3, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keep not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keeps his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walk. Very similar to verse 7 in chapter 1 of First John. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. Uh, basically the believer's duty and his trusting in Christ after his sin. Um, John is teaching that obedience proceeds from belief in the gospel, if you want to sum it up in just just one sentence. Obedience proceeds from belief in the gospel. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.18, the doctrine of the gospel is compared to a mirror. You can, look at the, you can look at the mirror of the gospel and see your f- reflection in it, and you can see whether you're actually in Christ or not by your life. Basically, you look at the reflection of the gospel, and you look at yourself and say, am I living according to the gospel? It's like a mirror. Am I living? What do I look like when I'm reflected by the light of the gospel? Is it, is it something that's, that God is pleased with or not? So that's when Paul refers to it in 1 Corinthians 3.18 as a mirror, as a looking glass. Uh, John is teaching that a disobedient life uh, is no matter how much you claim to know about the Bible and how much you read the Bible and how much you tell people in church and online and all about how much you know, a disobedient life gives a lie to that. Uh, it's 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 dishonesty. I mean, remember what Jesus said in, in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, prove it by obeying my commandments. See, we are chosen to be holy and blameless before him in love. We are redeemed to be a people that are zealous of good works. Uh, and that's our job. Uh, so to, to, for the love of God. We know that we belong to Him, in verse 5. And whoso keeps His word in Him truly is the love, or verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in Him. Hereby we know that we are in Him. We know that we belong to Him. We're united to Christ by His Spirit, which elevates us to obedience. We obey Christ because of His Spirit in us. And if we don't obey, even though we think we're Christians, that proves that His Spirit is not in us. Not that we obey Him 100% of the time because we're still sinful people. But He that sa- he says that He abides in Him in verse 6, ought Himself to walk even as He, Christ, walked. See, Christ lived on earth, as we know. He walked. He walked here. And His example was obedience to God. And it says we should walk the way He walked. Walk means live. We should live in this world the way Christ lives in this world. If we're to live with him, if you love me, obey my commandments, you must walk with him, walk with his patterns as an example. John, uh, Christ said, you are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you, John 15. I want to finish with a quotation from the book of James. You might want to turn to it, if you would. Chapter 1. James 22 now James relates to this you know a lot of people are afraid of James. the book of James don't understand it Think it's, thinks it teaches works righteousness it does not Luther called it a pistol of straw and he allegedly threw it into a river uh, because he, he thought it taught works righteousness it can't be read that way but a deeper reading of it is clearly not it's one of the great motiva- motivations to, to faith and, and, and uh, good uh, righteous living that there is in the Bible James 1, beginning in verse 22, "...but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, in a mirror. For he beholds himself, and goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was." But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, remember what we were saying, the Bible's like a mirror, you look into it and you see yourself reflected. Who looks into the, another way of putting it, the perfect law of liberty, who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed.